Thank you for listening to WNLA's Sermon of the Week. Visit our website at wnla.church for ways to partner with us and to connect with our ministries. Here is this week's sermon. Those of you who were here last week or uh, were online, um, there was something, there was a special flavor last week. I just really, really enjoyed uh, uh, the testimonies, Eddie's testimony of broken chains and freedom. Um, it was just, it was a beautiful thing. Um, and then I want to share, I, I, after, after the baptism, I walked uh, out into the, the foyer for a minute during worship, and a young man uh, pulled me aside. And, and he told me that uh, he had been he had had uh, a tumor removed from his brain, and they were only able to get ninety five percent of it. And he's been he'd been living in fear of that other five percent essentially for quite some time, and didn't want to go back in to get tested because he just didn't know what the results would be. And someone finally convinced him. He went in, and there was there was zero trace of cancer in him. And uh, anyway, it was just like I was, and he's like. And, and the song that was, was being sung was no longer a slave to fear. And he's like, That's, that song's speaking to me so much. I'm no longer a slave to the fear of that. And, and I was like, yes. And, uh, oh, these are the flavors of the kingdom of God. The flavor of the kingdom of God. No longer a slave to fear. The Lord is huge. And he's doing miraculous things all the time. In fact, we're going to do a, a quick little flash mob testimony and I'm going to just say some things. And if you've experienced God miraculously in that area of your life, you're just going to raise your hand high so we can all testify together. And look around. Like I encourage you, turn your head around, look around as people, if they're, if they're raising their hands or not. So I'll start here. Have you ever experienced miraculous provision from the Lord? Raise your hand. There's a lot of hands. And by the way, if you're online the like and the heart button work just as good as the hand raise, all right? That way we know you're with us. Um, how about this one? Have you ever experienced miraculous healing, physical healing before? Look at all these hands raised up. Miraculous healing from God in the name of Jesus. How about this one? Have you ever, like, lost something and you've actually, like, you've prayed about it and it miraculously showed back up? Like, I don't know why the Lord is like, he's, he loves this one. And it's just, it blows me away. It's happened to me several times. It's like, oh, I'll never find that. And I'm like, wait a minute, let's pray. And then boom, there it comes. So the Lord is so good. Uh, have you ever been praying for somebody to either come back to Jesus or to come to Jesus and you've seen that miracle happen? Amen. Amen. So be it, Father. Have you ever had a prophetic word or prophetic dream and then you've seen that happen? These are good. Have you ever read, been reading the Bible and it was like, woo, the Holy Spirit lit, lit something on fire inside you and you're like, that's for me, that's for me. That's a, did you know that's a miracle? It's the word of God living and active. It's speaking to you. That's miraculous. Have you ever had your sins forgiven? You should all be ready. If you haven't raised your hands, we're going to give you an opportunity to have that happen. Have you ever had somebody else forgive you of an offense that you caused? Did you know that that's a miracle too? These, what, I, what I'm getting at, this is the flavor of the kingdom of God. 
This is what, if you, if you gave a scent or an odor or a taste, these are the flavors of the kingdom of God. I could go on and on. Uh, I want to start here in John chapter 14, verses 12. If, and before we put this up on the screen, if this verse doesn't challenge you or shake you in some way, slap yourself once when we're done, and I'll read it again, all right? Here it goes, John 14. This is Jesus talking, Jesus Christ, Son of God, your Savior. He's the one who died on the cross for you. And here's what he says to you. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son you may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. You may ask me for anything. This is Jesus. This isn't lip service church. If you came to just get a nice little message, this is the word. Jesus is saying, you can ask me for anything in my name, and I'll do it. This is the kingdom that you live in. Anything. Wow. Let's go! That was for the front row. If you don't know what that is, that means you're a Christian and you don't do TikTok. All right. Those two things go hand in hand, just so you all know. Let me uh, get saved real quick. Let's go. All right. I had, I had, reel it in, reel it in, reel it in. I had a revelation this week while I was out on a run, and whenever I say I went on a run, there's always people that are shocked that I run. But I do, I run, and I uh, sometimes enjoy it. But this time I was out on a run, and actually, Lacey Johnston, if you're watching, you tried to run me over off the road on this day. I'll forgive you, because I have to, that's what I'm talking about. But as I was running, before I got run over, um, I got <laughs> this revelation. Have you ever been... Raise your hand if you've ever been on like a missions trip to another country, okay? There's not near enough hands. We need to schedule some more missions trips, Zeb, all right? Get those on the calendar. Missions trip to another country, or even like you go to another city or something. You're on a missions trip, you're with a group, and you're, you're, your goal is to bring, bring the kingdom, all right? I've been, I've been to a number of different places. In fact, uh, Pastor Sagai, three years ago today, you and I got on a plane to go to Ethiopia together. Three, it, it doesn't seem like it was three years ago, but... But it was. We went three years ago. I've been to Jamaica. I've been to Thailand. I've been to other countries, not specifically on a missions trip, but uh, they kind of have the same effect. Um, all of these trips that I've gone on have one thing, one thread, more than one thread, but one thing very much in common. And here's what it is. They all made this guy very uncomfortable. It might have been perhaps the squatty potty at that church in Ethiopia that was overflowing, and I just couldn't bring myself to use it. Or Zeb, he was in Jamaica with me. It, we were off, like, you couldn't walk down the streets without being out. Hey, you want, you want some ganja, hashish, a woman? And I'm like, no, no, no. Ah, oh, you missionary, you don't have any money. <laughs> well, that's not why I said no, but yeah, you know, I mean, but I, this, this cultural stuff, like, really kind of puts you a little bit on edge. Um, I remember my very first trip to, to Israel, this was, I don't remember what year it was, 
But uh, when, when you're going on a trip like that, you're all, it's very different than living in your normal life. And here we can drive around, and sometimes Mount Baker will catch your eye, and you're like, oh, that's beautiful, right? But most of the time, you're just going around your life. But when you're like on a trip like that, you're always like this. And you're just, everything is fascinating to you. And, uh, and with this, there was this one gal on the trip with us, and she was overly fascinated by everything. And she always made it a point to sit in the front of the bus near the guide, and, uh, and our beautiful guide, he, 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 uh, his patience ran a little low, because it wasn't just like, hey, what happened? It was like, hey, there's a rock. What can, hey, there's a flower. Hey, and he finally had had enough, and, uh, and this gal, she, she asked, like, oh, those are beautiful flowers. And he's like, yes, it's a flower. He says, you guys don't have flowers where you come from? We have flowers. What are you going <laughs> to And she's like, oh, and she sat down. And... Uh, <laughs> I felt for the guy because I was like, ah, I wanted to say it, but you got it. All right. I couldn't because she goes to my church. <laughs> but here's the thing. When we are going into other places, the problem is like, I mean, like in Thailand, every day I had a meat that I didn't know where it came from or what it was. I would even go to the 7-Eleven and instead of milk, it said made from real milk products. And I'm a milk guy, like we go through milk like it's going out of style. But here's the thing, like you live differently when you're on a mission in a different culture. And all of these things, were, are, they're so, the reason I'm uncomfortable is because they are very much different than my wonderful Pacific Northwest United States of America culture that I've grown up in my whole life. And so when I go somewhere else and different things are going on, I, I'm, I'm, I'm either uncomfortable or I'm just fascinated. I'm always looking, though. You seldom hit cruise control when you're on mission, when you're on a mission. Now, let me take this another step here, and I'm getting to where, where Revelation was. The, uh, it occurred to me, I'm, I'm not that old like Pastor John, but, but even in my lifetime, I'm, I'm looking back and I find myself thinking like, what has happened to my culture, right? It's like, it's like I'm living in a foreign country all of a sudden. And, it, and it's, it, you know, you go back a year, 10 years, and some of you can go back even further than that. It, would you agree like, oh, this is so different, right? And not all of them are just cultural things. It's like, I can't turn on a kid's TV show without having immorality shoved down my throat is normal. And it makes me really uncomfortable. And I find myself, I can't even relax in front of the TV anymore with a TV. Good! This is the good thing about it. Here was the revelation as I was running and I was thinking about and I was kind of lamenting about, about that. And I was like, we're all on a missions trip now. It's like the Lord is saying, hey, you've supposed to have been on a missions trip this whole time, yet you've created a, something that you think is so comfortable that you've forgotten to be in awe and wonder of the flowers. You've forgotten to stay a little uncomfortable because, folks, you are called as ambassadors. You're never called to be citizens of the world. I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm proud of that. But I'm not called to live forever as a citizen of the United States. That citizenship ends upon my death. 
and I will enter into the... But, but my, my citizenship in the kingdom of God happens the day I say yes to Jesus. And from then on, I am an ambassador into all the world to bring the good news of Jesus. And so when I'm on a mission trip, I'm constantly a little uncomfortable. And that's how you are called to live. That's why you're given the comforter called the Holy Spirit. You knew you were going to be a little uncomfortable bringing the mission. And so we don't accept sin and we don't, we don't bow down to sin, but we, we constantly bring, and let this be a reminder to you, we're not a part of the Pacific Northwest Washington kingdom. We're part of the kingdom of God, which is miraculous. Do you know the flavors I just told you about? These are the things that the Lord wants us to bring into all the world. I'm giddy with excitement, folks. Because I believe we are on the precipice of a breakthrough because we are all so uncomfortable right now. Right. The fact that you, you can't just be relaxed and comfortable anymore means you're looking and you're talking to the Lord and you're thinking, Lord, what's going on? That's great. It's where he wants you to be. Because we're on mission. We've been talking about forgiveness for the past month and and, and we're, we're going to finish this series today in an epic conclusion. But I want to talk about faith. Specifically, faith in forgiveness. We just read where Jesus is saying you can ask for anything. This requires faith. I want to tell you, you, every act of forgiveness, every act of true forgiveness requires faith. Do you believe that? And without faith, it is impossible to please God, according to Hebrews chapter 11. And I pray and I believe that before you leave here today, you are going to be so eager to run out and forgive everybody who's ever offended you. Because you'll realize how deeply that pleases the Lord. Every act of faith pleases the Lord, gives him pleasure. Without faith, it's impossible to please. And I'm telling you, forgiveness, 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 every time, little, big, and in between, pleases your father so much. Oh, he, it pleases him. Yeah, but I didn't raise the dead. I wanted to do the big stuff. But you forgave, which is the same flavor. You, you, do you believe, maybe, maybe you don't believe this, and that's part of the problem. Do you believe that the Lord is just as pleased when you choose to forgive somebody as he is if you were to raise the dead? Or did he put a level on it? Oh, you, were, you, were, you did a big thing. Or, or do you believe that forgiveness is a big thing? That forgiveness, it's, if it's the kingdom, if it's done in faith, oh my goodness, it pleases the Father. If I were in charge of a college, like, like, faith college I'm calling it, faith university, which is something we should all be involved in. Like our job is to grow in faith, right? Increase our faith, ever increasing faith. But if I were in charge of the faith department of a university, the entrance exam is very simple. Have you received the forgiveness of your sins from Jesus Christ? Right? And if you've, if, in college, if you've been to college, you've got the 101 level courses. These are like the basic things that you've got to build on before you get to your bachelor's. And then you can go into the master's. And then you can get your doctorate. And then you realize you know nothing, right? When you get to that level. But 101, they call it. Basic fundamentals of faith. I would have two main classes that you would enroll in in my college of faith. Number one, believe it or not, would be tithing. 
And it's not because I want to shake your, the money out of your pockets. It's because tithing, the act of giving a tithe of your money to the Lord is the only thing in Scripture where the Lord says, test me in it. Malachi says this, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. It's not like the Lord needs your money. What he's trying to do is get you to move, start moving in faith in something that you can actually see tangibly and so that you'll start believing him in faith for the other stuff. It's one-on-one level. If you're not a tither, you should be a tither. It's one-on-one level in faith. You want, you, you want to see the great and mighty things? You need to start with the one-on-one mighty things. So I'd, do, I'd have a tithing class. And number two, I would have a class in forgiving others. I would have a class in forgiving freely. Every, every, everybody who offends you, everybody who hurts you. Forgiving others like tithing, I believe, always, always, always increases your faith. When you let something go, the Lord proves himself faithful. When you, when you let go of the offense, it blasts open the kingdom in faith. I want to read you uh, Mark chapter 11, verse 22 through 25. This is Jesus again speaking, and he says this, Have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, we, we got Mount Baker today, it's a beautiful sunny day, If anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself in the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. I'm going to press pause. Doesn't that sound great? Oh, Jesus, you're amazing. Whatever you ask, believe that you have it and you will receive it. Say to the Mount Baker, be moved. He doesn't stop there, though. For the very next verse, he says this, And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, hold it against them longer. No, it says forgive them, so that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. This isn't a trick question. Does anybody here want to be a mountain mover kind of Christian? Anybody here want to see the dead raised? You want to see the miraculous thing? This is what I'm talking about. Mountain-moving kind of faith. Jesus builds us up all the way to that point. He's like, yes, you want to do that? And he's like, but if you hold something against anybody, you better forgive them. What on earth? Why do you got to bring forgiveness into this again, Jesus? I want Mount Baker gone. No, I don't want Mount Baker gone. But here's the thing. Here's why Jesus constantly brings up, and it's not just you receiving forgiveness. It is you forgiving others even if they don't say they're sorry there's lots of reasons he throws this out there but i believe number one in that list of the reasons he has to tag forgiveness onto this bold statement about mountain moving kind of faith is because i believe unforgiveness in your heart stands as a constant living testimony of what you really believe and who you really trust so the example is this. I come up against a giant obstacle. I'm, I'm, I'm a huge man, Christian. And I'm seeing the mountain. I'm like, you better move, right? But if I'm, if I'm like literally, I can't even trust the Lord to forgive what Bobby did to me last month or last year or 10 years ago or 20 years ago, and no matter how big or small it was, there is a testimony inside me saying, you don't, you don't even trust the Lord to do that. Why would you trust him for this? 
there's a test, you have a testimony of unforgiveness and lack of faith. Forgiveness always requires faith. And so, and so what do we do? I try to drown that voice, that, that testimony out, because I, I still have to hold on to that resentment and that unforgiveness. And so I start yelling louder at the mountain, you better move! Oh, you didn't know? I start yelling louder, praying harder. Maybe I'll cry, maybe I'll sweat to, to the point of, I'm, just, oh, I'm all worked up. And the Lord's like, you don't even trust me to handle an offense or someone who sinned against you. And now you're screaming at this mountain in faith, but all the time, you don't even trust here. You, really, you don't trust here. He's like, here's a shovel. You want to handle the unforgiveness? You can go ahead and start shoveling Mount Baker and see how long that, how quickly that goes. And he's not really doing that, but this is my analogy. This is why God's like, you mountain moving faith, if you hold anything against anybody, forgive them. This is one-on-one faith. You want to get to the mountain moving faith? Conquer the forgiveness. Freely you've been forgiven. Freely forgive. Stop and forgive. Because when I let that go, and I literally forgive somebody, and I let it go, I let the consequence, I'm like, I forgive. That also stands as a testimony in your heart. Because you, if I don't forgive somebody else, I don't feel like I'm even forgiven. And when I, get, when I come against the mountain, I've got no faith for it. But when I come against the mountain and I've let, let, let it go, and now I can believe that I'm forgiven, the enemy has no way to whisper in my ear and say, oh, you don't have faith for that. Because you have a testimony. Oh, I forgive. I'm letting it go. Jesus has forgiven me. I forgive. Forgiving others helps you walk and have faith even in your own forgiveness. I'll tell you, when I was 13 years old, my youth pastor, Brian Davenport, he read this section, that Mark 11, 22 through 25. And, and we were talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And we were going to go after it. And we got to this point in, in, uh, in this winter camp. And, and, he, and we read, and when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them. And he's, and he's like, we're going we're gonna to stop the service right now. And, uh, and if, if you hold anything against anybody, any unforgiveness, we're going to take an hour and you're gonna, you can go clear that up. Now this is before cell phones too. Right? There was no texting. Hey, I'm sorry. Right? There, like, there was a one pay phone at the camp, and there was a lineup for it, and, and, and we waited, and people went, and, and as a 13-year-old, I'm like, well, what do I need to forgive? <laughs> I'm trying to dig something up. Well, I was mad at my brother. He stole my toy. All right, I forgive him. I got this. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. We came back together, and the power of the Lord, the Holy Spirit, fell on us. And we were, we, I mean, we were... I mean, I can't even explain. It's hard to put into words the presence of the Holy Spirit. I mean, we were praying for hours, and it, was, it wasn't like a tedious thing. We were praying in the Spirit, and, and it was oh, remarkable. If you hold anything against anyone, just stop for a second. Let it go. Forgive them. You want to be a mountain mover, be a forgiver. I want to read a, a couple more verses. When Jesus is teaching his 101 level course in prayer right this is the disciples came to him hey jesus teach us how to pray we'd like to know jesus gives his basic outline here's how you pray okay here's your here's your 101 level prayer jesus says this and uh we're in matthew chapter 6 he says this then is how you should pray our father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Wow. He goes on, I'm going to skip down to verse 19, and he says this, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Did you know that unforgiveness is a treasure? It's not a good treasure. It's a rotten one. But if you hold it, that's where your heart will stay. Jesus is like, he's, he's teaching the one-on-one level. And sure enough, right back, to, right back to forgiveness. Forgive us our debts as we forgive those who've trespassed and sinned against us. In the same, we're literally told to pray, forgive us in the same way we're forgiving. And then he takes the, the, the thing on, and if, I, if you don't forgive, your father will not forgive your sins. Ah! Why? Because you're testifying in that unforgiveness. I don't believe in Jesus at all. I don't believe in the power of his forgiveness, which is why I won't offer it to other people. You want prayer one-on-one? Start with forgiveness. Start with forgiveness. Because when I forgive, folks, it's faith. And he, he, he ends this whole teaching on prayer with this idea of storing up for yourself treasures in heaven. Did you know every, every, every act of faith stores up for yourself treasure in heaven? Every little, big, medium forgiveness is a deposit into a trust account in heaven. A trust account is, is an account you can't get your hands on just yet. That's the definition of a trust account. If I, did you know as a Christian you're a trust fund baby? You can trust me. You, you have a trust fund. Here's what the essence of a trust fund is. As a, as a father or as a grandfather, whoever I am, I, I have some money and I'm going to start an account for my children that they can't touch until a certain age. And there's money in that account, and it is to pay for certain things, their education, their medical expenses, uh, up, up, and up, up, until they get to a certain age where they're trusted to take over the account. Folks, do you trust God? Because here's the thing, we, we want to forgive people in our account where I still manage the checkbook. That, that, that is not a deposit into the heavenly trust account. The trust account is, Father, I trust you to manage this money. I can't touch it. It's, it's there for you. I let go. Of, I let go. That's what faith is. I let go. Uh, I'm not in charge of that money anymore. I give it to you. I trust that you will dole out the funds and you'll store them up. You, I, I, I am persuaded that you are able to keep which I've committed to you until that day. This is, this is what a trust fund is. Do you trust the Lord? You want to be a mountain mover. Oh, let's put the deposit 
out of our hands into the Lord's. That's what faith is. Well, a lot of times we get in, like you go on a mission trip, and you're like, I feel so inadequate. Perfect. I couldn't go on that trip because I, I, I just don't do, I don't, I've never seen a miracle. Well, great, it's not your miracle. Like, it's his kingdom. You're an ambassador. Your job is to step in faith. He performs it. That's what a trust fund is. That's what faith is. And forgiveness is entry level, folks. Many of us never get past it because we just can't let go of the offensive. And the Lord is wanting to see, see men and women rise up in faith like never before. Folks, we live on the precipice of an unprecedented breakthrough. Are you uncomfortable? Yes. Welcome to missions. <laughs> the life you were called to lead. Can you imagine? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. I want to read you, this is a very simplistic act of forgiveness, or, but, but I believe the simpler the better. It'll help us conceptualize it. And any chance I get to read a quote from uh, Narnia book, C.S. Lewis, I'll do it. This is an excerpt out of The Voyage of the Dawn Treader. Um, uh, they're traveling to different islands, and, and C.S. Lewis weaves biblical truths all throughout and it's just it's presented in a beautiful way anyway in this specific portion of the of the of the, the book lucy had gone up into the magician's house he, she's trying to break a spell for the the duffel pods that's not important but she's flipping through the spell book and she gets to one where she's able to hear and see what other people are saying and she looks around and she gets tempted and she says the spell and she finds herself observing her best friend from school with a couple of other girls, and they're talking about her, about Lucy. And her best friend says, oh, I, I, I'm so sick of Lucy. I was tired of her by the last semester. And, and, and you get the inner dialogue, and Lucy's just, oh, she's all fired up. Oh, I thought you were my friend. Oh, I'm so angry that you'd say this. Long story short, more stuff goes on in Aslan, who is uh, the, the Jesus in this, in this uh, analogy, he shows up and he speaks to Lucy and he says this, and it'll be on the screen as well. He says, child, he said, I think you've been eavesdropping. Eavesdropping? You listened to what your two schoolfellows were saying about you. Oh, that. I never thought that was eavesdropping, Aslan. Wasn't it magic? Spying on people by magic is the same as spying on them in any other way. And you have misjudged your friend. She is weak, but she loves you. She was afraid of the older girl and said what she does not mean. I do not think I'll ever be able to forget what I heard or her say. No, you won't. Oh dear, said Lucy, have I spoiled everything? Do you mean we would have gone on being friends if it hadn't been for this and been really great friends all of our lives perhaps and now we never shall? Child, said Aslan, did I not explain to you once before that no one is ever told what would have happened? I want to throw a verse in here that I believe C.S. Lewis was basing this off of, and it's in Ecclesiastes 7, verse 21 and 22. It says this, Do not pay attention to every word people say, or you may hear your servant cursing you. For you know in your heart that many times you yourself have cursed others. Here's a really simple example. This is honestly... If you want to live a forgiveness lifestyle, you have to start positioning yourself to hear yourself start saying things like this. Oh, they probably really didn't mean that. 
but, but they said it. But let it go. You know how many times you've said things that you didn't think anyone was listening to, or, or better yet, thought things about other people. So let their offense go. Let it go. I want you to summon your inner Apostle Paul in this. Because he has this huge, uh, it, it's one of my favorite parts of Scripture, because it's like, you're nuts, man, right? It's okay to talk to the Bible. But he's, he's talking about this sin in his life, and he's like, he's like, I don't understand what I do. He's like, the good I want to do, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, I keep doing those things. And, and, then he, and he says things like, well, then if it's, it's not really me doing it, it's the sin in me. He's like, he's totally letting himself off the hook. Because it's the truth. Everybody here has stuff, the sin attached to you, and that's not who you are. You're the righteousness of God, and you let yourself, you need to let yourself off the hook in those things, and let other people off the hook. It wasn't really what they meant. That's not the real person. That's not who God created them to be. It was sin that offended you. It was sin that hurt you. It was sin that sinned against you, not that person. And if they've come to Christ, so how dare you keep record of the accounts? It's a deposit into the trust fund. We all want to be the mountain-moving Christians, the dead-raising, healing, all of, and these are great things. But if I don't believe that the Lord performs the forgiveness and will take care of things in those little things, I start to think I have to dig Mount Baker out in order for it to move. You see the mindset? It's his account. It's his kingdom. And you are a slave if you hold on to unforgiveness. You're a slave to sin. Let it go. Freely you've been forgiven. Freely forgive. Yeah, but what they did to me was a lot more than gossip. Then it's a bigger deposit into the account. So let it go. And I'm not saying it didn't hurt. I'm not saying that you should, you should then allow, trust them into those. But I'm, what I'm saying is you better forgive and let it go. Let the consequences be out of your hands. Let them into the trust fund. Folks, we are missionaries now, which is a great thing. And we are to flavor the world with forgiveness. Did you know that every time you forgive, every time you ask for forgiveness, you are, you are sprinkling the flavor of the kingdom so that when somebody comes into the presence of the Lord and he offers them forgiveness, they know what it tastes like and they want a piece of it. You're priming people's pump to come into the kingdom. I want to finish with this verse here. And uh, this section is about a second Timothy. I read this this morning. I'm like, this is, we got to throw this in. It's describing the culture that we live in. Not the kingdom culture that we, that we are called into and actually live in. I'm talking about the kingdom of this world. I believe this is what, this is a, if this doesn't describe the day and age we live in, I don't know what does. So I'm going to read to you 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. And it says this, but mark this, there will be terrible, terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedience to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, 
brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. Have nothing to do with such people. So I throw this out because everything I just read is the exact opposite of what we are supposed to walk in as kingdom. Forgiveness. Not lovers of money. We're generous. Not boastful. Not having a form of godliness and denying its power, but confessing that there is power in the name of Jesus and believing it and walking in that. I want to end with two things here. Stephanie, I'll have you come. Um, Stephanie's just going to, uh, she's going to sing one more song. And as she does, we're going to bow our heads. And I just want, just let the Holy Spirit speak to your heart. Whatever it is. And, and if, there's, if there's unforgiveness, you, oh, get rid of that. Give it back to him. If you need to just stop and go make a phone call, I'm not going to hold you here. But the Holy Spirit wants to lead us into all godliness. He, his job is to testify to Jesus, to testify to here's the kingdom of God. And we are missionaries of that kingdom. We are ambassadors. What a beautiful thing. And so let the Holy Spirit speak to your heart. And then uh, Pastor Zeb is going to come up at the very end. He's going to lead us in communion. We hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. If you have any questions, prayer requests, or if you would like to partner with our ministry, please visit our website at wnla.church.